Hey, Lan, what'd you think of all that expansion talk? That was a train wreck. Just a bit outside. Hello. Just a bit outside. Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. We've done it, gentlemen. 22 weeks. 2019 regular season is in the books. Playoffs are upon us. I'm Travis Akins. He's Justin Deering. Welcome into the big show as we take you along an entire season of 2019 competition and we get you ready for the greatest time of year, Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball Playoffs. Justin, how are you on this Labor Day recording of Week 22? Well, I had the day off work today like most good Americans did, and I spent the entire day going week by week writing a recap in Shakespearean sonnet form that I will be delivering <laughs> towards the end of today's show. Okay. I hope you're ready. It's 37 pages long. <laughs> you just start your own sonnet podcast on but, Anchor. Do you, think, do you think that'd be a hit? Baseball reviews. I mean, the John Boy's doing great just talking. I mean, what if I actually like put some time and wrote like poetry about the games? Do you think that would work? Yeah, it could. You know yeah. what else works? The first pitch. What? We're running for the opening pitch. Vaughn winds and fires. It's a Travis, I don't know if you remember a couple, maybe months ago, early in the season, one of the first pitches was uh, the Florida Man Twitter trend. Do you remember that? Okay, yeah, so, uh, vaguely. Yeah, so it was like you type in Florida Man into Google, then put your birthday, and you yeah. see what a Florida Man did on your birthday. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the story, I do want to say that we are, none of our owners are, I believe, going to be um, affected by Hurricane Dorian, but if you are... Best of luck to you, and we're praying for you. But there is a Florida man who wants the U.S. military to take a unique approach to stopping Hurricane Dorian in her tracks. Okay. Is this a nuclear a nuclear bomb? No, this is because of the nuclear bomb talk that happened this week. Um, <laughs> this is what it says. Hurricane Dorian is currently a catastrophic Category 5 hurricane lumbering towards the U.S. coastline at five whole miles per hour. And while there are plenty of smart things to do in the meantime, like evacuate, one Florida man thinks the military should just drop some ice in the water. Mm. He says, I don't see how they haven't come up with some more to combat these storms yet. Uh, the air's hot, the water's hot, but we have a Navy. Why not just dump some ice in the warm water and that should stop it? He said, while wearing a Hawaiian shirt. So yeah. Travis, my question for you today. Okay. Is if Hurricane Blake was heading straight towards you and you had to choose, what would be your weapon of mass hurricane destruction? <laughs> I love that I don't tell you what I'm doing in this section before we start recording. Because you have this is the most wheels off one I think so far, and you have no clue what to say right now. But Hurricane Blake is barreling down towards Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, he's it's he's here. way in line. Oh, he is there. He did move. He did move. He moved to the area. He's here. 
<laughs> so, so I'm guessing your weapon of mass destruction was strep throat because Blake has been sick all weekend with strep throat. Um, I hope you're feeling better, Blake. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think that this Florida man is going to uh, solve all of our weather problems. But in case you're curious, President Trump said he has never seen a Category 5 hurricane before, even though three have hit the country in the last uh, during his tenure. Um, you know what? Um, I, I'm just going to wait for springtime in Oklahoma. Oh. Blake, where Blake chose to live is it's central tornado season for him. Yeah. Uh, thoughts, thoughts and prayers, Edmund. Edmund and Norman and Oklahoma City. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> no idea. Big story. Week 22. Justin, we did it. 22 weeks are in the book. We have completed the 2019 regular season campaign. Playoffs are set. Our teams are in. Seating is locked in. And we are ready for some playoff baseball. So, Justin, as we kind of as we approach the 2019 playoffs, let's reflect for a moment on the 2019 regular season and just in general, uh, you know, let's begin very big picture here. Uh, how did 2019 end up the eighth season of Harry Dole Fantasy Baseball? Uh, I think it was a very competitive season. Um, my biggest, my biggest takeaway is that you know, my team just one nut short with Mitch Haniger just kind of fell off the table mid season and they were gone. Um, and we, we just bowed out, and it's it's not quite as fun to do a podcast when you're looking from the outside looking in, uh, but I'm excited to see that, you know, maybe who knows what's going to happen in these playoffs with our, you know, you and Chris having first-round buys, but there's some some teams that have been playing good and some teams that haven't been playing good uh, but still got into the playoffs this year that are going to match up, and it's just uh, – Recording on Monday, I was like recording on Monday during the playoffs because it gives us a little more to talk about these games because lineups have been set. We can see kind of what the strategy was between these two teams. But as a whole, 2019 Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball, for me, disappointing for the league. I thought it was a great competitive league. You know, we have the Pedro Serrano League being won outright by two games, but still that record that Chris walked into the end of the season with at 14 and eight still meant that there was quite a bit of competition and some decent good teams on that side beating each other up every week on the other side uh, with your 17 and five and your 11 game winning streak going into the playoffs. That's a huge accomplishment there. Cause again, like we said last week, early in the season, there were times where you were, um, I don't know if it was public to the whole league, but it was definitely pub- public to your podcast co-hosts that you were ready to burn this thing down and see what you could get for those big names because you were frustrated. But you did the good thing. You did the right thing. You wrote it out and said, I'm all in for this year. Why would I bow out? And if I'm not going to win, I'm not going to win. And 11 games later, you're the number one seed in the playoffs. There it is. Yep. Aiken's Army outright number one seed in these two, uh, 2019 playoffs, winning the Rick Vaughn division at 17-5. and five. Wichita White Wolves, Pedro Serrano, divisional regular season champions. 14 and 8 
And in our first year, 2019, going from a seeding standpoint, not strictly a divisional standpoint, Beards of Glory, 13-9, the number three seed. Ebony and Ivory, number four at 12-10. and 10. Royal Ruckus has the fifth seed at 12-10, and 10, just slightly behind. It looks like, oh, a little less than 100 points behind Ebony and Ivory, uh, securing that fifth spot. And wrapping up the playoffs for 2019, Van Buren boys, Justin, we got into this week 22, and especially into Sunday, and there wasn't much, I guess, drama in the sense of who's getting in and who's getting out from the standpoint of three, four, and five, but there was a little bit of a question going into week 22, who might secure that sixth seed going into the playoffs, and it's Van Buren boys over the Bolding Beavers. And, um, you know, really, Justin, as we look at this, Van Buren boys end 2019 on a two-game winning streak. Bolding Beavers end the 2019 campaign with a two-game losing streak. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, it's the Beavers, they got hot at the right at the t- at time. And, you know, I predicted they would come into the playoffs possibly as high as a, thir- a fourth seed or fifth seed. And I was obviously wrong there as they fell out in those last couple of games. Um, for the Van Buren boys, it was kind of, it was a, just a different second half of the season. I'd say up to the all-star break, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. There was a lot of uh, success, a lot of wins and a lot of trash talking, but then it kind of just went cold. And they went cold around the the All Star break for Major League Baseball, and kind of just fell off and lost quite a couple games there in a row. And then these last two games to pull wins out to sneak into the playoffs as that sixth seed, and then just kind of seeing what's going to happen there. Are they going to be one and done? Are they going to make it into the second round? Uh, it'll be interesting because um, I just don't know exactly. You know, some of these teams I don't know that. Every team in the playoffs thinks that they have a shot to win unless they just get super hot. It's fantasy baseball, and that's the way it works, obviously. But some of the lineups, if you compare lineups from Wichita White Wolves or Aikens Army compared to some of the other lineups, there's some people that I personally think were either you know, already preparing for next year or uh, definitely thinking about next year, even though they were still borderline playoff teams. And some of those either fell out of the playoffs, made the playoffs, and maybe I just I'm, – I'm curious how – competitive these playoffs will be based on some of my sources that I can't disclaim, just go whatever the word I'm looking for is. Yeah. So uh, I need you to explain that even more because how are these, how could these playoffs be less competitive? than Uh, there could be people that want a better draft pick in the minor league. You gotta be kidding me. I don't know if that's, I mean, I have no way of knowing if that's true, but I do know that there's people that at the trade deadline that are in the playoffs were looking to move major players for prospects that were on that borderline of playoffs just because of conversations I have trades that weren't made with (laughs) my team because I didn't have anybody left to trade. But there are people out, I do think there were teams out there that are, they're seeing the writing on the wall, even as a sixth seed or eighth, seventh seed, and not seventh seed, but those bottom seeds, it may not see themselves as, yeah, this is our year to go win because I think there are two Goliaths and four Davids, and I'm not sure that this biblical story is going to end the same (laughs) that the one in the real Bible actually ended with. Um, So, I mean, I would say 
if I was a six seed with the lineup, I, like if somehow the Tigers traded everybody that was worth a damn on their team and somehow made the playoffs, I would be looking up at you and Chris saying, I'm not going to win this thing this year. It would have been nice to be maybe outside of the playoffs looking in and get some sort of maybe a better draft pick because there are some decent minor league. And again, this is a topic we could argue on on a full hour po- podcast, but there are some decent minor league players available in that minor league draft coming up that for you, for me, for a lot of teams are looked at as currency because there are teams in this league that love them some prospects. And if Bobby Witt Jr. or some of these other names fall on your team, you package those together, you can get you a stud that gets you into uh, competing next year, a starter on your team next year with those guys. And if you're looking up, if you're looking up at the top going, I'm not winning this thing this year, what's wrong with potentially planning for the future, even if you are potentially almost, a playoff team. Well, let me tell you what the problem with that is, is you are in the playoffs in this scenario and you have a chance to do exactly what you, what everyone in this league wants to get a bobblehead to win the whole damn thing. And so to think future at this point, if you're one of the six teams in the playoffs to think future outside of week uh, 23, 24, and 25 is asinine, in my opinion. Absolutely asinine. The top point team in the 2019 regular season, Wichita White Wolves, and the lowest playoff point-gathering team uh, into the playoffs is the Van Buren boys. Do you know what the point difference is there between those two teams on total points forward? Uh, no. It is 300 Plus, it's it's less than 400 point difference. My point there is, is there is not a huge swing of total points over a 22-week period for any one of these six teams to say, eh, I'm going to make, I'm, I'm just going to plan for the future. Y- you would kill. Los Tigres, I'm guessing, would kill to be in these playoffs and have a shot at the bobblehead. I agree. Yeah, I mean, we would love to be because it's a, it's a lot more fun. That's the point of the league. But Travis, I'm just going to tell you, I can tell you that I had conversations with 50, the, 50% of the teams in the playoffs and the words, I don't think I'm going to win this year and I need to look ahead were mentioned in those conversations. I find... Fu- uh, fu- <laughs> that is incredibly frustrating. And and then I hope I hope whoever that is and whoever you whoever has said those kinds I hope they I hope they get annihilated and they can go get their little prospects that won't win them anything. the The point of the league is to win, not get prospects. They are it, okay. You I did not know you you threw me through a loop, Justin. I am frustrated right now. I think the word that the the youngsters use is triggered. <laughs> triggered, you have triggered me with this conversation. Well, and I, let me just put a disclaimer out there that while I say fifty percent of the teams in the playoffs, it may not have been fifty percent, but I know fifty percent of the teams in the league have already mentioned future. Now, granted, you know one of those is me, so I don't count myself. You know one of them is Blake. And it was Brady, but you kicked him out of the league. Oh, um, God. Sorry. <laughs> but there's just multiple teams that are like looking at the 
strength of your team and the strength of other teams in the playoffs. And this is not directed towards you. It's just, that's the, what I heard most is, you know, barring a major injury or like the coldest week in fantasy baseball, like you saw the first four or five weeks of the season, if we're going to be honest and, and do counterpoints on that, a lot of people in the league are looking up at those two teams saying, man, this is going to be tough to win. But then there's people like Zach who went out and said, Oh, I'm just going to trade, you know, the number four player in the league to get three or four more players to put a huge number of points up and hope that maybe I can compete. And I think that not only did that help him for this year, but it also helped him for the future because it gave him more, more uh, players under contract next year that are going to put up points. But I mean, I would love to be in the playoffs. I would, you know, love to be able to go after a bobblehead and it's not hard. I mean, it's happened before where someone's come from the back end and just got hot. That's how I won my championship. However many years ago it was, I was like a fourth seed and played through the playoffs and won the whole thing. But the six teams that are in the dance, that are in the playoffs, outside of Aiken's Army and their 11-game winning streak, the five other teams have no more than a two-win, uh, a two-game winning streak, and Royal Ruckus limped into the playoffs with a two-game losing streak. Wichita White Wolves lost one. Beards of Glory won Week 22. Ebony and Ivory. My point is, is there seems to be going into these playoffs a rather um, even competitive field going into here. When he, when you look at total points forward, there's not astronomical differences from one to six, and there's not an astronomical difference when you look into these teams that got into the playoffs. Every single one of them at some point have had good winning streaks. And you know what? they uh, And every single one of these six teams at some point during the season had losing streaks, but were able to, because of their roster construction, were able to minimize those losing streaks. And, and so to have the idea, especially if you were one of these six teams that are in the playoffs, you went 22 weeks to go get... Uh, some guy drafted in June that's three or four years away at best from a major league roster makes zero sense to me when you are three weeks away from potentially having your very own Harry Doyle fantasy baseball bobblehead from being the league champion. And I'll tell you this, you know, uh, number one seed Aikens Army, number six seed Van Buren Boys. You want to guess what the record was against those two teams in the regular season? Uh, one and one. One and two. Uh, Army lost twice. One one. Van Buren Boys went two and one against Aikens Army in the regular season. So don't tell me there's not a chance for any team at at the lower tiers at the seeding in these playoffs to not have a chance to knock off the quote unquote big boys or the, or the Goliaths as you put them at the top of these playoffs, that, that potential is there. And I, I just find it. I find the conversation at this point in the season, 22 weeks later, if you're in the playoffs to be thinking about your future, I, I find it ridiculous. Well, let me tell you the one thing I'm most disappointed about with this playoff setup is that we are not going to get to possibly see the Bolding Beavers in. We're not going to see them in the playoffs, but we don't have the opportunity to see them play somebody with a double start week. 
like a, a Bieber, Bumgarner, Cole, Giolito, and Scherzer double start week for 10 starts, that would have been sick because whoever they played would have been absolutely screwed. And um, I was really hoping it would be Chris. And you know the uh, interesting part of that is if we <laughs> if we had not changed the rules last offseason, Bolding Beavers would be the sixth seed right now. I agree. I mean, and I, was, I voted yes, but I wasn't 100% for it. I just didn't want to be the... I've told you my reasoning, the way I vote, the way I vote is I'm too close to the center to be the the deal breaker (laughs) and it drives you nuts. I know, but next week, if, 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 uh, the beefs, if the beavers make it through the first round of the consolation bracket, they're going to roll in on a double week with Bumgarner and Bieber. And then, you know, a bunch of starts. So let's go through these, uh, let's go through these matchups in the first round. Obviously. Go ahead. What? Uh, Wichita White Wolves, Aikens Army sitting out the first round because they both won their division. And then we have a Van Buren boys versus Beards of Glory matchup. And then a Ruckus versus Ebony and Ivory. Again, we are recording on Monday. So the lineups have been set. The pitch totals have been set. We're already early into the competition. Let's start with this Van Buren boys versus Beards of Glory. Colby's Beards of Glory come in with a registered six starts on the week, as does the Van Buren boys. Both teams have seen one starter go already. When you look at this matchup on a Monday night that is 48.6 to 30.5 in favor of Beards of Glory, what are you looking at for the rest of the week on this one, Travis? Well, I'm looking to see why the rosters aren't popping up when I look at these matchups right now. I just see the scores and no rosters. So what I'm looking for is uh, players right now. Oh, so I'll give you Mike Miner. Great start tonight for the Rangers. The first team in like a year and a half to shut out the Yankees. That's our moral victory of the year. Uh, 18.6 starts uh, points for Mike Miner. Um, when I look at this one, I think it is going to come down to the offense that we saw early in the year from Van Buren boys in the last couple weeks, Springer, Ozuna, some of these other big names that have put up big points and then can Jose Barrios get some good starts going? He's kind of fallen off the second half of the year and just kind of put together enough points to take down Beards of Glory who have been, I think Colby would agree, iffy at best the last five to six weeks. You don't know what you're going to get ever since, you know, he made big moves at the all-star or at the trade deadline and we were like man it's going to take off he's going to be because i think you even quoted that it moved him to the top of the list in your division and it did absolutely not do that yeah you know and when i look at this uh, my rosters did finally populate here when i when i look at this matchup in particular a rick von divisional matchup here in, in the first round of the playoffs you know beards of glory if if in a week from now we look at this and Beards of Glory won the game, it's because their offense clicked. And Freddie Freeman's going to be the anchor in there. But then there's, you know, um, I, I did a little research. I did a little show prep for you, Justin. And I, I took the top 30 um, fantasy point gatherers, the f- top 30 fantasy point players at the end of 22 weeks. And I looked at these top 30 players, and I kind of broke them down by who has who and and the teams that have their Beards of Glory have the most top 30 players in these playoffs at six different players in, in these playoffs. And Freddie Freeman is there at number four on the list, but then, of course, a no-hitter Verlander himself. 
is in the top 10 there. But then he went out and traded, as you mentioned, for Cattell Marte. He brought up Pete Alonzo earlier in the season, who's having a monstrous rookie of the year campaign. He went out and traded for Eduardo Escobar, number 19 on the list. And he has, you know, had a great signing in DJ LeMayhew at number 23. He got okay, that trade off a of trade as well. LeMayhew, but, but my point is, is outside of Verlander, he's got five offensive players in the top 30. And if we look at this a week from now and Beards of Glory have, have defeated Van Buren boys, it's because his offense uh, came together as we have seen since these trades and flashes and not consistently, but it's going to be an offensive outpouring for Beards of Glory to get a victory here. So would you say that if Beards of Glory comes out on top, uh, on top in this week, it's because of moves made at the trade deadline? Well, I, I think if any, if, if Beards of Glory, yes, if Beards of Glory make any kind of noise in these playoffs, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be because Colby was active and he was a mover and he was a shaker and he went and made his roster better. And he's the number three seed in these playoffs. And his team is a good team. And he, again, owns six of the top 30 fantasy point guys in all of, of the league. And, you know, if his offense can have a good September, uh, Beards of Glory is going to have a really fun and really productive next three weeks. So put it on paper. What is your prediction for this first round matchup? Well, on the flip side of things, um, you know, Van Buren boys, I think they're going to have to have not only a really good offensive week, they're going to have to have a stellar pitching performance uh, from this staff. And so um, when I look at that, uh, you know, and I think Van Buren boys have a, have a very good roster and they're in the playoffs for a reason. They had a great streak there in the first half of, of 2019 and kind of, as you mentioned earlier, kind of uh, dovetail a little, little bit there towards the end of this season, but they're in the playoffs and they very well could come out uh, on top of this. But I, I'm going to go Beards of Glory. I think Beards of Glory, if that offense is clicking, you know, and if if just some of those guys can kind of pick up the slack, led by Freddie Freeman and Verlander, will get a start later this week. Uh, I think Beards of Glory uh, is is going in the round two. All right, let's move on to Royal Ruckus taking on Ebony and Ivory. Their lineups again also set. Ebony and Ivory going in with seven starts up against Royal Ruckus's six starts. Zach has already had one start go down tonight uh, from Anthony Di Scalfani at 13 and a half points. This game, after one day, is only separated by 1.3 points. Uh, it has been a big day from Charlie Blackman, a, a, a um, trade deadline acquisition for Zach and for uh, Carlos Martinez over on the Royal Ruckus side already picked up one save with two strikeouts almost 10 total points for him there uh, on this when I just look at up and down on this one before we get into your thoughts on it Travis um, I think this one is going to be the playoff game to watch all week because I think this is going to remain close all week. Starts are close. The pitching staffs are pretty even. The offenses are pretty even if they all um, if they all perform. For Zach's sake, I hope it doesn't come down to the man he's tried to dump all season by just saying, 
just just take him and buy him out. I hope Kyle Seeger doesn't leave you shorthanded this week as he's in your starting lineup. Uh, I, I uh, appreciate the effort this year just to say, look, dude, you can have anybody on my roster if you take it with Kyle Seeger. Um, but Travis, when you look at this one, already separated by one point, already close after 24 hours. We've got six more days. Where do you see this one heading? I think this is a coin flip in, in many respects. Both teams, 12-10 um, and 10 in these playoffs, number four, number five, respectively, um, in the seeding of these playoffs. And these teams have gotten here. Um, you know, Ebony and Ivory had a little bit of a tick. Uh, they kind of ticked up at the end of the season. I kind of, um, I believe they won something like five of their last seven or four of their last six, something like that, to end the 2019 campaign. Royal Ruckus kind of backed themselves into the playoffs. Not really, um, not really. You know, there was any chance they wouldn't make the playoffs in the last couple of weeks, but they lost the last two weeks of the 2019 campaign, and and both these teams I think are very evenly matched. But Justin. Is it okay if I just go with the X factor and and if Mike Trout, the the greatest baseball player that there is on this planet and the greatest fantasy baseball player there is, if Mike Trout can have uh, a Mike Trout esque week, I think Mike Trout might just be the X factor that puts Will Ruckus on top and in the W column at the end of the first round of playoffs. I think that that I mean you can't go wrong by <laughs> saying hey Mike Trout's going to play good because it's Mike Trout and it seems like no matter what even when he's injured he's still like he could be on the DL and they'd be like oh let's just give him 15 points it's a bad week it's you know whatever we'll just let him have him um, I think it's going to be the role players and the Michael Brantleys or the Hunter Dozers those kind of people if they put up 15 to 20 point weeks. Whereas, you know, Mike Trout, if he's playing a full schedule and he's healthy and he's not sitting out the last game of series just for rest, I mean, this is that time of year where the rosters have expanded, so we're going to see some some new players joining the team and possibly getting some at-bats, especially on teams that aren't contending for the major league playoffs. Um, so I just, you know, you hope you don't lose some at-bats for multiple players there or just some games in that situation. But I think more than Mike Trout, I think it's going to be those role players. Like even like an Eric Hosmer who has, you know, been on the waivers for most of the season. He's been on multiple teams this year, just as a weak pickup here and there he's plugged into the lineup or, you know, Michael Brantley has been good for, for uh, Luke all year, a big week from him. Um, and then I just, I think this one's going to come more down to there's going to be one player on one of these teams that just goes balls out this week that we may not expect. And it may be. Yeah, I think it's fairly clear too. And I agree uh, that for both of these teams, um, you know, we're not going to be shocked if a week from now for both of these teams, it comes down to whose pitching staff had the better week, you know, who of, of these of these pitchers can come out on top because the offense very well on both sides, Royal Ruckus, Ebony and Ivory could very well both have great, tremendous weeks. Those role players really kick it in these big names that both teams have, have those kinds of Charlie Blackman and Conforto and Starling Marte, those kinds of guys for Ebony and Ivory Bregman and, and Trout and Michael Brantley, those kinds and Jose Altuve, 
you know, they have the weeks that they have, those bench guys come in. It's going to come down to this pitch, these pitching staffs and who can and who can come out on top and have the better weeks and kind of minimize any of those negative or low points that you sometimes get from your starters. Oh, absolutely. I think this like my my prediction for this one is on Sunday we'll be texting yeah. each other going, Do we need to wait till yeah. Sunday night baseball's over to podcast? Um, though I do I, I'll be honest. I enjoy the Monday nights during the playoffs, but I have a board meeting next Monday, so we should probably do it Sunday night. Are we going to go through the consolation brackets? No. Good. I don't want to talk about my team anymore. Censored by the commish takes on Los Tigris. Somebody will win that, I guess. And then six shooters are taking on Bolding Beavers, and somebody will win that. And then they'll play the other teams, and the losers will play each other. And you're fighting for draft position in a minor league draft. So you're yay. fighting for currency, baby. Fighting for currency. Dollar yay. dollar bill, y'all. So uh round one playoffs, and of course, Justin, we have Wichita White Wolves and Aikens Army with the automatic biz into the di- into the divisional championship games. And Justin, the, the based on our seeding uh of the playoffs, Aikens Army will play either. Van Buren boys or Royal Ruckus and the Wichita White Wolves therefore will uh, will be matched up against either Beards of Glory or Ebony and Ivory and that's just based off the way the seating goes Army 1 Wolves 2 and somewhere in there uh, Army will take the lowest seed or the higher seed depending on how you look at it or want to describe it and Wolves will take the other team and Justin uh, just out of curiosity you know um, you know, one of my teams is obviously involved in the round two of playoffs, but is there a matchup for Army verse or Wolves verse that you would rather see as, as a Harry Doyle fantasy baseball fan? I would like to see, uh, just because I know more than just the uh, fan track side of this uh, league, I would enjoy seeing an Aikens Army versus Beards of Glory matchup. I wasn't paying attention, but if that's a possibility, that would be great because um, as this... Oh, it would have to be championship game? Well, in the championship game, a Colby versus Travis, spiritual leader versus spiritual acceptor, Um, you are his preacher and, and he should pay his tithe and spot you 10% total points off the top. Now I, I think a, uh, a Van Buren boys versus Aikens army, if that's a possible matchup, I was looking at something else when you were saying how it could work out. Um, just because of what you said, it's they've, they've beat you twice on the season. You've got them once. It would be nice to see that matchup again. And Van Buren boys get through the first round, move on to the second round. I'm not sure that that has happened in their tenure. And if it has, I apologize. I didn't do any research, but having them in the second round as a you know team that's hot on two wins to get into the playoffs. And it would be fun just to see a team make a run through this thing that maybe we didn't expect or didn't see coming. And that's the fun part of this league is once you're in the playoffs, you have a one in six shot of making it to the dance. Aikens Army against Van Buren boys, as we mentioned earlier, in the regular season one and two. Army against Royal Ruckus in the regular season went perfect three and oh. Wichita White Wolves against the Beards of Glory in the regular season one and one. And the Wolves against Ebony and Ivory over the 22 weeks went two and one. And most notably, they played each other in week 21 of the 2019 campaign. So uh, the playoffs are here, Justin, and these games are, as as we've mentioned, they are 
up and running, and the bobblehead is on the line. Yes, uh, it is. It is go time. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks. As you can tell, we are not doing this show live like we did last year because the ratings showed that about two of you listened to it live, <laughs> oh, and then maybe three of you listened to it the rest of the week. So, Chris and Blake, thank you for watching live shows last week, last year, and we hope you enjoy listening to this on a Hazard Tuesday. Jerks. I agree. <laughs> hey, Justin. I agree with As myself. we uh, start to wrap up uh, the Week 22 playoff preview episode of Just a Bit Outside, I'm, I'm curious because I did do some show prep, and so I have all these this these information and stats sitting in front of me. But um, out of the top 30 players that ended, fantasy point players that ended the 2019 campaign, 22 weeks into that, six of those top 30 are not in these playoffs. And four of those six are in the top 10 and fantasy uh, point gatherers. So Christian Yelich, number three, Ronald Acuna Jr. at number five, and Anthony Rendon sits at six and points. And Justin, out of those three, out of those top threes, and just if you're curious, Xander Bogarts is number 10 on that list. But out of the top three, three, five, and six, Yelich, Acuna, and Rendon, Justin, which of those three, not in these playoffs, would have had the greatest playoff impact uh, over these next three weeks? Uh, I think if Christian Yelich and Ronald Acuna Jr. were on their original team that traded him away this season, mm. that would be a shoe-in for them to win the bobblehead. Mm. Um, but if I had to pick one, just and it's not just because he's on my team. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. has been nuts lately. He has been incredible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, whenever, whenever they basically said, we have found our National League Willie Mays and then showed his picture the other day on the oh. MLB Network, I was like, first off, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> second, because now he's going Please don't. <laughs> uh, but secondly, I was like, yeah, I mean... Yeah, he's good, and uh, I think he is primed to have a big – because, I mean, the Braves are still in the yep. playoff hunt, am I right? Yep, they are. I think he's primed to have a huge run to end the regular season, which ends the postseason for us, and could just put up massive amount of points. Um, and I hope he does as he leads me to that number one overall pick <laughs> for that guy who's three to four years away from the league. You know um, – I think the best thing that happened for Christian Yelich is that August is over. Um, August was not very kind to the um, who I would have said you know a month ago the shoe in NL NL MVP, um, and so I think Christian Yelich has great potential in September because the Brewers are still in the hunt; they're still fighting for a wild card and and to some extent division, but mainly that wild card. But the Brewers are still in these playoff hunts for, in the Major League Baseball side of things. And if September can just be a different month for Christian Yelich, and he's he's even with a slump there at the month, uh, he's still number three in fantasy points. You know, Christian Yelich uh, on, a, on a Beavers team with, with guys like Scherzer and Cole, uh, that could have been a, a pretty uh, monstrous, and as you mentioned earlier with all those starts, uh, it could have been a pretty dangerous uh, player to have this month. 
Oh, I agree. I think the, either one of those guys, Anthony Rendon, we've uh, been talking in private text messages, going to look real good as a Ranger next year. Oh. Um, it's going to be nice to have another. Uh, but everybody, then there's people in the league on Twitter that say we don't need him because we've got people in the minors. Oh, um, God. But uh, <laughs> give me Anthony Rendon over Isaiah uh, Falefa. Yeah, give me Anthony Rendon any day over Danny Santana. By the way, Josh Jung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever his he name is. just got drafted. By the way, Justin, top three players in the playoffs. Obviously, Mike Trout's number one on Royal Ruckus. Number two, Cody Bellinger, Wichita White Wolves, and sitting at number four is. Colby's Freddie Freeman. Justin, out of those top three guys that are in the playoffs right now, which of those three guys do you think are going to have the greatest impact over the next three weeks? Well, can we talk about how Freddie Freeman's had about the the, the most silent mm. top five yeah. fantasy performance in the history of our league? Because I had no effing clue he was a top four, five player until eight seconds ago when I opened. I mean, that is cr- <laughs> I, that is. I don't know how many times I asked Colby if he would trade me Freddie Freeman this year. And every time he said no. And I said, why he's not that good. And then it was cause I hadn't done any research. So shocker. I didn't yeah. do any research. And by the way, you know this, but if I had Freddie Freeman designated by Colby, uh, he'll be a $13 player next year and worth every penny. Freddie Freeman. Wow. I would say, I mean, for our, for our playoffs, I'm taking Mike Trout out of that picture because I, I mean, okay. I think now he's not going to have quite as many opportunities over the next three weeks to play because of expanded rosters and they're out See, of the I'll playoffs. Di- I'll disagree with Cody that Bellinger. idea just because he's Mike Trout. And I think Mike Trout plays because he's Mike Trout, regardless of how crappy the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim are. But, Okay, and Mike Trout has a, a stellar history of staying of staying really healthy too. So, um, Cody Bellinger, Cody Bellinger's playing on a team that's twenty games up. So, if they oh, wanted absolutely. to rest him a little bit before the playoffs, you could see a step back there. Freddie Freeman, the most quiet top four player yeah. in fantasy baseball history, is going to join Ronald Acuna Jr. and have the greatest next three weeks in baseball history. Congratulations, Colby! You're gonna win. The bobblehead yeah, because of Freddie, Freddie Freeman. Freeman. Wow. It, Freddie Freeman, former Aikens Army first baseman. Oh, back in the day. Half the yeah. people in the top 20 yeah. are former teachers, so <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh. All right, Justin. Regular season is over. Playoffs are here. And uh, consolation bracket, whatever. But uh, the bobblehead is up for grabs. And so we. So is the number one overall pick in the minor league draft. Hey, uh, do you know out of the playoff, the six playoff teams, which team has the lowest number of top 30 guys? No. Aikens Army. No. Wichita Warriors. No, they have three. That's why. And Ebony and Ivory has two. They're the lowest top 30 guys. And hold up, let's look at this real quick before the music ends. Top 30? Oh. Okay, never mind. I was going to say both of them are my <laughs> former players, but Merrifield's 33. 
Degris with two. <laughs> so long, everybody. <laughs> Adios, mofos. <laughs> <laughs>